This episode of the Dope Yogi podcast is sponsored by the Dope Yogi Virtual Yoga Studio. If you guys don't know about it, we have a website with a virtual yoga studio. We have over 60 on-demand classes in our yoga library, and you have an opportunity to practice four live Zoom classes with me, Nicole, every week. And we really want to try to make yoga accessible for anybody that needs it. So this is a paid monthly membership. But if you are somebody that needs yoga and can't really afford the full membership, please reach out to us, let us know, and we will get you set up. Thank you guys for listening. Enjoy this episode. Welcome back to the Dope Yogi Podcast. Hello. <laughs> it's been a minute, but here we are together again, and we are so excited to be bringing you this week's guest. You guys are really in for a treat. Today we have with us one of our very, 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 very dear friends, one of my oldest friends from when I first started teaching yoga and just one of the most incredible people I know, Jess Dinesco. Jess, welcome to the podcast. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's really our pleasure. I have <laughs> Jerome here also. Yes. Hello. Um, today, you guys, we're going to be talking about spiritual bypassing. So if you're like, what the hell is that? And why do I need to know about it? Well, we're going to tell you. But before we do get started, I want to give you guys a little intro on Jess because she wears many, many hats. The list goes on and on and on. Um, if you are somebody that practices yoga in Nashville or has practiced yoga in Nashville, there's a good chance you maybe have taken her yoga class or maybe you've been guided through a meditation or a mindfulness practice with her. Um, but Jess is identifies as a queer female. She is a mental health professional working towards her PhD in mind-body medicine and integrative mental health um, with a focus on social justice issues. She's also a Dope Yogi contributor. She, I think you were like our very first contributor. Mm -hmm. Really? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. She's, yeah. She's, you've written a couple of blogs on Dope Yogi and there's actually a spiritual bypassing blog. Yeah. And she's led meditations on Dope Yogi yeah, as well. Yeah. Like during quarantine, yeah. you're leading. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Like, so, okay. So Jess is basically what I'm trying to say. I could go on and on and on, but you're an amazing person. So. <laughs> you're also amazing. Oh, thank you. Um, Okay, so yeah, I, we'll start it out with uh, just straight into it with the basic question of what is spiritual bypassing? That's a really good question. Um, so uh, spiritual bypassing is when we use spiritual like tools, skills, beliefs to kind of like bypass or sidestep or like push away or rationalize or whatever our suffering and our pain. Um, it can be like anything from um, like unresolved trauma, uh, like delayed developmental kind of tasks. It can be any kind of like suppressed grief, anything that's kind of there and lingering in the unconscious. And we can just use our spiritual practices to like go over it or under it or around it or wherever it is that we're doing it. Can you give like, uh, like an example, would it be like if I have trauma from childhood and I use like meditation to block it out or am I, am I blocking it out or? Yeah, right. So that's a really good question. So we can do this in like a lot of ways. So it's like, so, so, so there are several different ways that we can start to do this. So um, one of the ways is that like we start to kind of go underneath this belief of like transcendence, right? So it's like, I'm going to transcend whatever I'm feeling, right? I'm not going to feel it. I'm going to distance myself from it. 
So even though I know that memory is there or that feeling and emotion is there, I'm just going to say, you know what? I don't even need to look at this, right? Because another part of this is saying like, we're going to use the absolute truths that are found in spiritual practices, such as like, you know, we're all one, nothing matters, um, nothing really exists. And I'm going to use those beliefs and I'm going to use like my meditation practices to do anything but look at that trauma, look at that pain, anything like that. So it's a little abstract until you actually kind of like step into your practice and you can start to see kind of the way that your mind works. Yeah. Can you give an example? Because, you know, obviously we're in the yoga industry. I think this happens a lot in yoga, um, in yogis. And I think people use, can start to maybe unknowingly use spiritual bypassing within like their yoga practice or use their practice as a way to kind of block, block themselves from maybe fully dealing with certain things or making themselves feel like, well, because I practice yoga, like I am spiritual. So I don't need to worry about any of those kinds of things. Yeah. So, I mean, and I'm just going to like, keep it real. Like all of that is included in it. Right. So it's like, it also comes with this it's like this intellectualization around your actual feeling experience. So we know that we're in spiritual bypassing mode when we are like analyzing, when we're thinking about it, when we're rationalizing it, and we're not actually experiencing the feeling and the emotion in our body. So for yoga, maybe it's like, I'm going to go to my yoga class. And maybe you're used to your yoga class. Maybe your whole life you've been used to being physical and that's your comfort zone. And so you go to this thing and then you're also kind of focusing on like, oh, I want to look good, right? So now you have two things that your mind is focusing on, both of which they're focusing on to avoid whatever it is that you're feeling, whatever it is that you're experiencing emotionally. So, you know, and then at the end of it, you can be like, oh, I feel so good and I feel so nice. I'm going to do this loving kindness practice now, right? But at the end of the day, like you're not really addressing anything that's underneath. Um, and so you know, it's basically just used as like a distraction tool in a way or like a rationalizing kind of thing. Uh So if I was dealing with like some trauma or feel like feeling something that I needed to feel Mm -hmm. and I like went and just meditated on the issue and sat with the feeling and experienced it, that's not that's not spiritual bypassing, right? Or is that is? So that's like a two part question. So the first and the most important that I want to stress here is that, all right, so within the workings of our psyche, right, we have like our comfort zone, and that's in the middle. And then you have the second circle, which is kind of like your discomfort zone, right? And then you have the third circle, which is like your panic zone, okay? Trauma would live in that panic zone or that terror zone, right? Because in that zone, it's like you're helpless, And you're incapable of like facing the fear or facing the terror or facing the harm that was done to you. That's like, that's trauma in general. Um, So when we're meditating or when we're choosing to meditate on something like you were bringing up, Jeremy, like it's important to realize that, and this is a little bit off base, but kind of like it's still in line with this, that it's sometimes not a good idea to just be sitting and meditating with that. Actually, it can be very re-traumatizing. So you can use spiritual practices in a different way to work with trauma, which is like another whole uh, can of worms, but you would want to get like a therapist. You can also, you can use your mindfulness and your yoga practices to ground you, to learn how to tolerate different kinds of sensations, to get you back in your body and build up like inner, like body awareness, interception. Um, But at the end of the day, like you don't want to just like sit with that. Alternatively, if it's not trauma, say it's like, you know, I'm just going to, everybody kind of has been through a breakup of sorts, right? So say, you know, you don't have any kind of like trauma with the breakup, so to speak, because that can also be a thing. Um, But if you're going through a breakup and you experience all those grief feelings, right? Rejection, maybe there's some shame, maybe there's some guilt, maybe there's anger or whatever. But instead of actually feeling that, you're going to, you know, instead of actually feeling that, you're going to go off and distract yourself. But if you were to not if you were to use spirituality as like integrating it instead, you could, yes, you would sit and you would feel the grief and the sadness for as long as it wanted to be there. 
And the goal in this is to not let your head get involved with telling you all the stories, which the stories come off, so you have to redirect the attention back to the sensation. And so, and that's, that's the spiritual practice, is like bringing the attention back to what's happening right now. Because right now, sometimes sucks, right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes right now is really shitty. I mean, the Buddha taught like life is suffering. So, you know, sometimes it's not pleasant, but we have to be with that pleasantness. When we're spiritual bypassing, you know, maybe we're trying to be like, no, I don't have to be with this, or this isn't what I'm supposed to be feeling, or X, whatever story that we tell ourselves about it. So to me, what you're describing also sounds like this thing that we hear all the time now, toxic positivity. Is that sort of the same thing? Yeah, it can be in the, yes, there's multiple ways to spiritual bypass, but yes, toxic positivity is one. Yes, for sure. It toxic positivity is like almost like, say you come home and you have like a little kid and they pooped in their diaper and then they took the poop and they put it on the wall. <laughs> and instead of cleaning the wall off, you just got more paint and you started painting over the wall. And then the baby does it again the next day in the same location. And instead of cleaning the poop, you, you go over with the paint. This is toxic positivity. Now you just have paint on poop on paint and poop. And it's just like this layer of like pain poop. And it's gross. just, it's gross. <laughs> it's gross. And nobody likes to look at it. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. And also to me, so like when we're, so then to me, like toxic positivity, spiritual bypassing, all that stuff is sort of also sounds like a way that we might deflect, right? Is that right? Is that Oh, yes. It's all about deflection. It's basically comes down to just like the, like the essence of aversion, right? Like I do not. And that's what our brains, our brains, evolutionarily speaking, like are not, you know, they were, the reason why we're alive is because they have avoided pain. Mm -hmm. Our minds are primed to do this. Mm -hmm. So this isn't like a shame thing. This is just like understanding cause and effect kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So if our brains are wired to protect us, to avoid pain, if we're feeling emotional pain, that is also going to apply. So it's going to find the fastest way out, whether that be drugs, alcohol, shopping, or spiritual practice. Mm -hmm. So then people might also use it as like a weapon in relationships, right? Like if Jeremy and I got into a fight and I was really mad at him. And so I'm like, I'm going to go meditate. And then I go and like angrily meditate for 10 minutes. And then I come back and I'm like, oh, I'm a better person than you because I meditated. And like, you need to deal with your shit and you didn't meditate. So obviously like, you know, I win. <laughs> I don't do that. I'm just okay. kidding. That's like, yes, that's like, yes. This is actually- that shell. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So like that is like really speaking to like one of my most annoying parts of spiritual bypassing for me is like and I it's most annoying cuz like I remember like I've been there so I can like it's just and mostly it's annoying cuz it causes harm, right? Cuz yeah. you get this because it's not as though you're avoiding suffering, right? But it's not as though you're avoiding suffering and like doing heroin and like doing stuff to mess up your life and like mess up people's other lives right and so and like it's not as though you're going down a lane that our society shames and i'm not saying that that lane is even shameful i'm just saying like societally speaking right you're actually going down the lane of like what our society deems is like great and good be your higher self do your good thing so you're doing the thing so you have this like mentality that you're above something righteous but you're still got all your human stuff that you can't look at so like, what's the point, you know? That's really, it's very enlightening. It's very eye-opening because it can't, it really makes it feel like we can so easily fall into this trap of, well, I'm doing, I'm checking off all of the boxes. Like on paper, when we're doing all of these things, you're, we're, you know, can probably feel like, okay, well, I'm doing it all right. I have my shit together. Right. And that in its essence is what we're talking, this, this idea of spiritual bypassing. Yes. That's like the other component of it. So now not only are you covering up the poop on the wall with whatever tactic you're using, whether that be positivity or like transcendence or whatever it is, fine tuning your focus skills, like you're also now judging somebody else and putting yourself above them. Uh Right. Uh So like the harm that causes is just kind of crazy, right? The judgment that comes with that. Um, yeah. Um, so if you're, if our brains are wired to avoid the suffering. Yeah. 
and we're doing all this work, spiritual work to attempt to better ourselves, attempt to learn how to, like for me, I, I do meditation to separate, I guess, myself from my thoughts. Mm-hmm. So I can identify like, that's not me, that's a thought. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it's in my nature, human nature, my evolutionary, you know, buildup or whatever that mm-hmm. got us to this point, yeah. How do I know if I'm spiritual bypassing? Wouldn't my brain try to trick me and be like, wouldn't it be something that I would like also try to like put shit paint on? Because like, if <laughs> I wouldn't want to like harm my own e- ego or psyche. Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. So mm-hmm. how do I, how do you know if you're how doing do you know? it? Oh, how do, you, how know? do you personally identify like, oh shit, I'm it's spiritual weird. bypassing right now. Yeah, so the, you can look at this on like a long-term scale and you can look at it on like a term, short-term scale. So I'll start with the short-term and then I'll get to the long-term. The short-term is that you are like not in your body. So you're in your head. So, you know, our emotions live in our body. Our experiences are from our body. We are human. We have a body. and So if we're sitting down practicing and all we're doing is analyzing or all we're doing is kind of like staying in our head and trying to actually put so much distance between us and like the emotion and the feeling or the experience, then we're spiritually bypassing versus like, but you know, and it's a tricky line because well, it's actually not that tricky. It's most because when you're actually doing it correctly, it's not pleasant. Let's put it that way. When you're going and you're sitting and you're like, I'm going to go be with this, this is not a pleasant experience, okay? This is long-term, it works out for you. It's like going to the gym after you haven't been there for a while or like on the day that you don't want to go to the gym, you know? It's like, you're just going to go because you know it feels good for you. But during there, the whole time, maybe it's hard, right? Because it's still a painful sensation. And meditation and yoga practices give us a little bit of space so that we can be with it and not identify with it. But we're still with it. When we're bypassing, it's like, it's, it's, it's like otherworldly, you know, it's like, we're almost dissociating from it. I mean, that's a strong word, but it's, we're pushing it away. We're not in our body with it anymore. Versus like, if we, if you sit down and you feel the grief of something, I mean, that's heavy in your chest. You know, it's like a sinking in your heart. It's a hollowness or a pit in your stomach. It's like all the weight goes down and your energy is just like, Oh, right. Like it's, it's grief. That's just what grief does. Right. And it, there's a difference between like experiencing that and then thinking like, Oh, it's okay. Because you know, they're going to heaven or like, Oh, it's okay. You know, whatever. And I mean, sure. In your head, that feels good for a second, but you know, so that's the short term kind of stuff is like, if you notice those different things, the analyzing, the, um, you know, using spiritual beliefs is part of that analyzing part of like, oh, it's okay because nothing really exists anyway. So this relationship doesn't matter or like this emotion doesn't matter or whatever it is. Um, And then just like like inherently not being in your body about it or like obsessingly thinking about something, you know, or like anything that has to do with like the neck up, you're you're doing like you're in the spiritual bypassing lane. Now, long-term effects, and this is where it gets really tricky, okay? Um, Ram Dass has that quote, you know, it's like, if you're enlightened, go spend a week with your parents. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Yes. Okay. So like literally, and you know, we have these people who can like sit and meditate for hours or like do these cool yoga things, but like, what do their long-term relationships look like? You know, what does it look like when they're in conflict? What does it look like when the rug is pulled out from underneath them and their life is switched upside down? How do they work with that? You know, how connected are they in with the world? Can they see the suffering of other people? Are they, are they like seeing it? actually seeing it and being called for action to it. Cause if you're actually seeing it, you'd be wanting to do something about it. So the long-term effects of that is like, not only do you start to distance yourself from yourself, but you start to distance yourself from everything around you, you know? And it, it's again, with that air of like superiority, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, Oh, just manifest your way out of poverty. Are you shitting me? Yeah. I actually have this quote that I'll read. Please. Um, so this is from, uh, the book it's called in the Buddha's words. Okay. It's an anthology of discourses from the Pali Canon. Okay. So 
it says, it is clear that while the Buddha principally aimed at guiding people towards moral and spiritual progress, he was fully aware that their capacity for moral and spiritual development depends upon the material conditions of the society in which they live. He acutely realized that when people are mired in poverty and oppressed by hunger and want, they will find it hard to hold to the path of moral rectitude. Or in, in this case, moral rectitude being like having the capacity to like be with your pain, having the capacity to experience like compassion for yourself or compassion for other people, right? Because you're in flight or fight response. I mean, it's like a scientific kind of thing. Like, can you think and relax and forgive something if you're being chased by a bear? No, you can't. Like a bear, sorry. Like, <laughs> you know, like you, you can't. Like it's, you don't have time for that shit. You gotta worry about where you're gonna live. If you're gonna be shot, like if you're gonna like not have money to, you know, pay the bills or like what's going on with your family or what happened to your family, you know. So, you know, when we're spiritually bypassing, we get out of touch with other people's experience in life. That we're not paying attention. is that is like so you're like hitting a nerve for me right now because I in a good way. Um yeah. like that brings up this I see on Instagram all the time or on social media people being like, oh, you know, just manifest everything that you want <laughs> in your life. Like all you have to do is manifest like people selling courses on like, oh, did you think that it was hard to manifest the life of your dreams? No, no, no. Just pay me this money and take my eight week course. And like, you're going to live the life that you want. And it's like, okay, cool. That sounds great, but it's absolute and total bullshit. In my yeah. opinion, <laughs> in my opinion. Yeah. I do uh, believe in certain manifestation on a certain level. Me too. Uh, but I know, with, and I do too. I do too. With, with yeah. action and a plan behind it. But when you, like you're saying, like I grew up in poverty and when you're in poverty, like it's, it's so different than being comfortable. It's like you're a different species when you're thinking about like, how, how are you going to eat? It's right. just a completely and, different mentality. And I'm going to like, just be really transparent here. You're also a white straight male. Mm -hmm. All right. So you're getting verification everywhere you go that you're okay, that you're on the good side, that like you're in the powerhouse of society. Now, if you're on the outskirts now, like not only were you born into poverty, but then everywhere you go, <laughs> everyone's looking at you like you are poverty. Mm -hmm. Right. The barriers to go against that are just insane. Like the so if everybody's meant like you know if you, if ever if you want to manifest like I mean I guess you manifest by like creating the energy inside. That's like another whole can of worms. But like I mean sometimes your external circumstances don't allow for that. You know. Yeah. So or how like there's you know there's so many things. I mean I think it's it's reductive. Like, like how do we approach these conversations? Because I I do like okay. Sorry, babe. I just kicked him. Um, I mean, I fuck. I believe in crystals. Okay. I mean, like, I'm not exactly like I fucking believe I'm wearing a giant crystal. Like, I believe in tarot cards. Like, I do believe in these very like you know. I'm not like a by the book kind of just like black and white or like you know. I very I do believe in these kind of energetic things very 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 much so. Yes. And. <laughs> And at the same time, like, I don't know how to, like, accept that we do. Like, there are people that just say, like, no, here, just manifest. And then that's going to fix all your problems when obviously there's, like, an entire part of the world and, like, entire groups of people that that just doesn't seem to apply to. So how do, like, we blend those two things together to feel like this is acceptable? Yeah, I mean, I think that if you're a really good tarot reader, you're probably in touch with the fact that there's a lot of shit going on in the world that is not fair or equitable. Mm -hmm. And it has been for a real long time. So, I mean, I, I mean, the universe is the universe, right? You can't argue with the fact that energy exists, right? You can't argue with the fact that, like, synchronicity happens and things happen. And, like, I mean, there's so much mystery to the universe. Who are we to even start to, like, say what we know, what we don't know, Right. But if you experience it, now you know, right, to some extent. Um, so, yes, it's that exists. But it's, again, when you're bypassing, you're not living it, right? So, like, the reason why you know that a crystal feels good is because you're walking by it or you feel it and you can feel it. Uh -huh. You're actually in your body. 
right? Now you're with it. And maybe you can feel it because you felt like the opposite of the energy, right? So like, if this is good for grounding, you pick it up and you're like anxious as fuck. You're like, whoa, this shit really works, right? Like, you know, but it's because you're experiencing and coming to terms with the fact that you're already anxious. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's just like one example. Yeah. So again, whereas like spiritual bypassing would be like, I don't fucking need to, I don't feel anything. Or if I feel, you know, and then it would be like, if I feel something, I'm just going to get this crystal and that's going to help it. No, I'm not going to worry about it or think about it. Right. Versus yeah. like, now you have the crystal and cool, that can soothe you. That can kind of chime you into that energy so you can kind of like regulate with it. Just like you have like a mom that helps regulate the baby, which is like in essence kind of, that's how we learn. Um, but you know, it's just, it's different if you're just kind of being like, I want this crystal and I want that crystal and this looks cool and this looks cool, you know, and everybody's on a different path. You know, I think that we're all on a different path, but so it's not a judgment, right? This is not judgment, but it's, it can be very harmful. And that's where my judgment kind of comes in, you know, at that point of like, if you're irresponsibly working with your spiritual practices, uh-huh. then you're, it's like anything else in life you're being irresponsible with. Um, and so you have to kind of take ownership for your own human experience, you know? Yeah. If you're, if you're doing shitty things, your crystals aren't going to delete that from, you know, the person you're doing those shitty things to or from your own psyche. Right. And like, if you're only focused on your crystals or only focused on your spiritual stuff because you're avoiding other stuff, then you're not even going to be open to seeing the other world around you. Mm-hmm. You can't even know that other people have other kinds of struggles. You're not even interested in it. Yeah. If if you've been paying attention to kind of the big thing, I don't, I don't even, do you have a TV? I have, I don't, it's, no, for all intents. Well, no, there's all no in it somewhere in the house, I don't know where it is. Yeah. A big thing that is all over television right now, Netflix, HBO, it's all these um, fucking spiritual cults. And it, to me, what I'm realizing is these, like, cult leader type people and are using, like, spiritual bypassing to, like, hijack the brains of thousands of people at a time Mm -hmm. and is that possible is that what because it sounds like what they're doing and is it just like yeah i mean give away your uh your own decision making to somebody else who's using spiritual bypassing on themselves can they mass use it yeah so like i said it's like just another thing that you can use like look at our political system yeah rules, policies, money, power as trading for different things, right? And they convince people of all kinds of stuff. Same thing can happen with your spiritual stuff. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Can you give me an example? Say I'm just somebody listening to this podcast and I practice yoga and I'm wondering, do I use the practice of yoga as spiritual bypassing? Like, how would somebody be able to, like, if I were coming to my mat every time I feel sad or angry, which I think, you know, I'd like to hear your thoughts on this too, because I think there's a lot of people that use the practice of yoga because to, to self soothe, you know, it's a, it's a really good tool to have to just know I can come to my mat and I can maybe turn off my thoughts for a little while and try to connect to myself, which is, I love that. I love that so much, but then there's a lot of, um, teachings in yoga that also say, and I also believe that like, okay, but yoga is actually not a time where you're, it's not necessarily all about you. It's about your experience and like the whole of humanity and how, like what you're doing as a human ripples out into the experience of everybody else in the universe and like how we can practice yoga for the collective good of humanity. Do you know what I mean? And so there's two completely different um, sides of like, okay, am I practicing yoga and is it selfish if I'm just showing up to like take care of myself or am I constantly supposed to be like thinking about how I can be of service to humanity? You know, like I know those are two pretty heavy loaded questions, but no, uh, it's speaking of the same thing, right? So we have the absolute, and we have the relative. So, and the paradox about them is like just the do, like in the, they they appear like the dualistic 
but they're actually connected, right? So like, if I can't soothe myself, if I can't feel my emotions and let them flow through, then like, I'm not gonna be a very good therapist. I'm not gonna be able to listen to somebody because I can't even hold my own stuff right now. So you you need one for the other almost, right? Whereas like, you ever see the movie Inside Out? Like, which one? Oh yeah, yes, yes, like, I did. Like how sad, like, you know, before they started listening to sadness, like she was just like, oh, sadness is all she could do. She like couldn't let it go, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, you over, you know, it, that's like another extreme, right? But um, of like kind of clinging to your emotion and then you can't like do anything for the greater purpose of anything, right? So what you're saying though is like you come into the practice, what's there for you in that moment happens to be whatever emotions are rising. You walk into the practice, you start to regulate your nervous system, you start to bring your focus into like, you know, a center place, your intuition can start to tune in so you can start to get more clarity to situation. Now your body's calmer, you release the emotion just like we need to do, and then you can go out and live the world, Mm -hmm. right? And then you can do, you know, you can be a good wife you can be a good daughter you can like you know take care of like your community in some way you can give back um so you can't if there i think that the concept of like you're not supposed to be feeling or you're not supposed to be like you know it's not about you is again like first of all it's patriarchal right so it's like a little bit paternalistic of like you're not supposed to be doing this Second of all, like, it's not humanly possible to not feel things. Yeah. Unless you're pushing stuff down. And in that case, you're probably, I mean, probably no one likes you. (laughs) (laughs) You feel, it's like you're kind of probably, without even knowing it, kind of self-absorbed. And like, you don't really, you know, you're probably, the emotion needs to come out somehow. Let's put it that way. Okay. So like it harms a lot of different things, you know? And if you're in that paternalistic of like yoga, whatever, superiority complex on top of that, like, Mm -hmm. and you're judging other people. So, you know, it's like a whole other layer. I have this quote, it's like, um, it's by Ajahn Shah, who's like, who is Jack Kornfield's teacher. Mm -hmm. It says, um, let it be, grasp at nothing, resist nothing. If you haven't wept, deeply you haven't begun to meditate Ah. so the idea is that you need to and like if you go to a silent sitting there's tissues all over the place (laughs) right because you feel things deeply you feel them deeply and you don't have anywhere to go that's just you and the stuff Mm -hmm. i was just gonna say in um the beginning of when you when you start to get into buddhism and things and i think it's important to look to the teachers, because when you look to the, you know, Jack Kornfield, uh, Ram Dass, you realize, you know, you read it and it's, it's like, it's, it seems like it could mean one thing, but it almost always means something else. Like if you're listening to Jack Kornfield talk about Buddhism, he's never telling you not to feel and that we're not, you know what I mean? But you might read some of this stuff and be like, Oh, I shouldn't be like nothing is I am everything and nothing and it's all the you know bigger Buddhist teachers are like no that's not the case at all. You need to feel but don't attach yourself to those feelings like work through them. Right, that's the trickiness of the mind. Mm-hmm. It wants to avoid the pain, so it's going to take any teaching and it's going to interpret it even unconsciously to work in its favor to not have to go there. Mhm. If there's people listening who can't afford a therapist Mm. um, and they're dealing with trauma, but they're also spiritual, do you have any advice for them? Yeah. So trauma. Okay. First of all, it is not your fault. Okay. Second of all, it's really important that you build routine and structure and safety in your life. Um, that's consistent for your ground. That's going to require you to find some kind of source resource, whether it's like 
a memory or a person in your life to feel nurturing and comforting because you're going to need to build those skills. Okay. So that's the groundwork. Okay. That you have to do. And I would focus on that for a long time and understanding that if you have trauma, sometimes it, like I said, it makes us act in different ways out different things, but that is, that's not us. Okay. That's our fear. That's the trauma. That's, you know, the stuff that comes up with being a human, um, in a hurt in hurt. And so that's not who you are. You just need to care and, you know, one step at a time. And again, it's not your fault and you're not alone and your brain is doing the exact thing that it's supposed to do. So you're not defective. It's just responding to whatever it is that happened to it. Um, finding community and safe friends, which is going to be probably can be challenging in some trauma situations because, you know, boundaries tend to be a little weird with that. Um, or like, you know, depending. So, um, if you do have people that you have been able to trust throughout your life and consistently, um, you know, go to them. Um, and then before hashing into anything, before thinking about it, before journaling, it's just a lot of self-care and a lot of grounding work. You don't have to force yourself to feel anything. And if it's too much, go resource out and relax and go do something. Um, yeah. You, That's great advice. Sorry. You recommend building that ground before you start journaling, building that safe space? Yes. Really? I mean, think about like if you <laughs> were to, um, let's see, if the house is on fire, would you go into the fire and go try to find out what were the causes of the fire when the house was still on fire? No. No, except, the fire except for that is literally what I did when our house was on fire because I'm a crazy <laughs> person. But that is, is that Sorry. I get your question and that the answer oh, should be no. And exactly yeah. what I did was I ran into the house <laughs> when it was on fire. Um, anyways. Yeah. I or if you have a broken leg, will you go and try to run your marathon? Or will you go to like, you know... You just have to heal first. You yeah. have to get your body to feel, think of your body as an animal because it is okay. like in a way it's just less furry and we have like a prefrontal cortex. Okay. And some other things. And so, um, you need to calm yourself down and learn how to regulate, 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 regulate. Okay. In safe ways. Remember the brain wants to get its needs met as fast as possible, especially with safety. So it's going to tempt you with like all the other things that are going to feel momentarily good, but maybe not good in the long run. So you just want to come back and know like what actually, you know, and maybe that feels boring, but you just got to do it. Stay consistent with that, right? Yeah, right. As much as you can. Mm -hmm. And then you can kind of level up from there. And then you can get into some journaling. You can do other journaling, like you can do a gratitude list. You know, and this is different than spiritual bypassing because you're working towards something, mm -hmm. right? This is like, okay, this is the first part of trauma is rebuilding my life. Is when I, I, I try to have a routine and it helps so much, but if I fall out of it, I find myself being really hard on myself. Mm. And is there a way to detach from that? Or nope. like is any advice on how to like uh, the um, work with like the the shame? Yeah, like oh shit, I haven't meditated in three days because I've been on vacation. Or yeah, um, you could go meditate on it. Oh yeah, <laughs> ding ding back to your body. What does shame feel like? You know, oh, shit. Yeah, and there's different layers of it, right? There's stuff in our unconscious that we don't know because it's older and older and older and older. Like, is it always work to do? I've found some stuff in my unconscious that I feel like is from a different lifetime. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'm not endorsing anything, but I understand. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, you. Like if it's not too personal, 
have you ever found yourself spiritual bypassing? And and if you have, how did you identify it? Yeah. So, <laughs> oh boy. Yes, yeah, so a lot actually. Um, I wouldn't say. It. I mean, yeah. So. Yeah, so let's put it this way. So spiritually for me too is like I um sorry, I'm drinking my matcha tea. Um so I grew up Catholic, you know, like real early. So that was part of my spirituality, right? And within that context I have a framework of like, oh, forgiveness. Oh, you don't actually exist as a person you need to sacrifice all the time. And if you're not, you should feel guilty about it. Okay? Um and then you add in like the Buddhist teachings, which I got into like in my like late teens, early twenties, um, with like meditation and stuff, which was very helpful to process through trauma stuff. Um, but also the teachings are there of like, you know, forgiveness, you know, ultimate compassion, like <laughs> don't get angry, anger's not good, you know, like don't let it rule your life, you know, all these things. Um and that combined with like my propensity to be more um, more on the empathic side of things, like you know, that's like a little bit of a recipe for disaster. So, um, because you know, now I'm just allowing myself to go through life. Well, you'll see. So I have that kind of like training with my spirituality, right? And then you combine that with you know, early in my life, I had some really big losses. Okay. So, um, when you're, when you have a loss or something happened to you when you're really young, as a kid, you don't really know how to make sense of this. You blame yourself. Okay. So there's inherent shame kind of like tied in with the loss. So, you know, through my life, I have, you know, gone through situations where, you know, I have loved something or loved somebody and, you know, it's like, I'm rather than facing the pain of the loss, right? I make excuses for like something not working out, right? Oh, let me forgive them because they did this or let me do that because they did this. And the fact of the matter is, is like at the end of the day, like it's not even like they're doing anything necessarily wrong, right? But it's like, if you're asking a fish to climb a tree, you know, it just can't do that, you know? But the, the fish is awesome. like. Clearly, you love the fish. The fish can swim awesome. They do all these tricks. It has glitter. It's the prettiest fish ever, you know? But it's like, it can't climb the tree, right? So, but my, like, you know, if I don't want to feel the loss, which I have not wanted to feel the loss, I will sit and be like, hey, fish, come on, let's climb the tree. Let me climb. I'll take you up the tree with me. I'll Carry take you out of the tree. tree. And the fish is like, dude, leave me alone. Don't like whatever, but then the fish, you know, and then maybe the fish, you know, and then whoever other person that you're working with has their own kind of situation going on. Right. And you know, that comes up, but you know, at the end of the day, the fish resents me. <laughs> I resent the fish, <laughs> even though I love the fish and the fish probably loves me, but like, you know, like, and maybe the fish walks away feeling inadequate. You know, or the person walks away feeling inadequate and I end up doing more harm than good in the situation because I'm trying to force something because I'm using like all of my spiritual skills of like, no, don't get angry that, you know, this need isn't being met. It's okay. Come on. Maybe if you can just try it this way, blah, 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 blah right. Or maybe you do it this way. But like, it's at the end of the day, I'm just trying to fit a square peg into a round hole. Right. So I'm using all of these spiritual tools to just avoid the loss, right? And this is where like my type nine Enneagram really shines, right? Because it's like, they really do not, like it's like, that's their fears. Like you don't want to experience loss, right? So it's, yeah. So that has caused like pain for me and others. It's also probably kept me around in situations where like, you know, it was beneficial to leave earlier, you know? Um, whether that be with friends, partners, anything really. Um, cause I have that kind of training in me to be like, don't get mad. And cause in anger tells me where your boundary is. Right. And like, also just keep forgiving. And also you don't even have needs cause you're not even supposed to be a self. <laughs> right. So it's, it's just like, it kind of like, it kind of all makes into this big gigantic mess of like, whatever. So 
you know, that and like multiple other scenarios. But the thing is, is like, if you're, you know, once you identify it, you know, you may feel shame, you may feel guilt. Maybe you can go back if it's appropriate to apologize or like whatever. And then, you know, in my case, I'm just going to build a treehouse and I'm just going to wait in the treehouse and have fun in the treehouse. And if somebody wants to join me, they can climb up, you know, um, yeah. rather than going out to find something that doesn't even know how to climb, you know, because they're supposed to be swimming amazingly, you know? So, um, yeah, I think that there's just like a, um, yeah, I think that that's definitely one of my most prominent ways that I've used it. Um, and that's tricky, but yeah, that's an example. So if you are, you know, working through these things and you are realizing, oh my God, I've been spiritual bypassing, then you start to address this and you're working on it. Can you make progress there? And then can you go like two steps forward and like three steps back? Is that how spiritual bypassing works? Like, it's not just like, Oh, I, I know about spiritual bypassing now. And so, Oh, no, I don't do it anymore. <laughs> Think of it as like an addiction. Okay. But more subtle because it's approved in society and you're still messing with the drug. Okay. So it's like, it's your mom, you have to be aware of it. Mm-hmm. And the good question of like, is like in Tara broadcast is, is like, what am I unwilling to feel? You know, yeah. like, what in, like, what am I not trying to feel right now? Um, and actually I have this really good quote because I think this is really helpful. Um, because we have to also realize that we, we're not in this alone. We have Sangha. Mm-hmm. And it's like are, community or for anybody that doesn't know, it's like your Oh, your sorry. Family. Community, friends, yeah, yeah. family yeah. of any kind, even if they're like, whatever. But, you know, they share your same values and they can reflect back to you. Mm-hmm. You know, so I have this quote. Um, it's kind of long, but the person who being truly on the way falls upon hard times in the world will not, as a consequence, turn to that friend who offers him refuge and comfort and encourages his old self to survive. Rather, he will seek out someone who will faithfully and exorably help him to risk himself so that he may endure the suffering and pass courageously through it thus making of it a raft that leads to the far shore. Only to the extent that a person exposes himself willingly over and over again to annihilation can that which is indestructible arise within him. So the idea is like, we need people in our, in our lives that are gonna be like, man, like you're doing this thing over and over again. Mm-hmm. The way that you handled this was not cool. Or like, you know, you're going off to meditate all the time, but you can't even have a conversation, you know? So it's, you have people reflecting back to you. So yes, you can slip back into it. Yes, you can take steps back. But if you have people around you that are like, you know, holding you accountable as well, they can mirror that back to you and reflect back to you. That's a really helpful way to do it. People that you trust to call you out on your bullshit. Essentially. In the kindest, most loving, like yes, friendly, yes. I love you compassionately, like unconditionally, like I don't judge you kind of way. Right. I yeah. love you so much. And this is why I'm telling you this, not because yeah. I'm trying to fix you, but just so, you know, yeah. you know it. Yeah. I see why you're doing this and you're causing yourself harm. Can you try to change it? Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, but like, yeah, you, have, you know, you can have that dialogue if you're open to it. All right, I have one more question. And then um, I have one more question. And then she, I'm, yeah, <laughs> perfect. Two more questions, okay. Uh, <laughs> how can you tell the difference between like a normal, like if you're just finding out about spirituality and you're just kind of getting into it, mm-hmm. how can you tell like the normal progression of spirituality? Because, you know, you get into it mm-hmm. and it feels so good at first. You're like, wow, I found something. Because I do believe spirituality is is extremely helpful especially based on the values of compassion um and you know kindness for others are pretty much the basics Mm -hmm. and how can you tell the difference between like that regular progression versus when you get to a point where you're using it to mask problems um so um coming back to the body right um, just come back to your body. So, and not forcing your body to do anything, but like just allowing your body to be and just naturally be with the breath. 
and just pay attention to it. And so understanding like what comes up will occur. And so you can know your spiritual bypassing when that stuff comes up and you're like, oh, I should breathe faster. <laughs> or like, if I try this pranayama trick, I don't have to feel that. Or, oh, maybe I should just try this other kind of thing. Or like, oh, <sighs> breathe it out, breathe it out. Or like, oh, whatever, you know. Um, it's, it's uh, you can know as you're starting um, by the way that you're relating to your inner world and like the parts of yourself that you don't like, like your shadow, you know. Um, if you have an aversion towards it and you're pushing it away and you're not going near it and you're avoiding it like COVID, then like, you know, then you're bypassing, you know, but if you're going towards your edge and you're leaning in and it feels like, you know, you're in your, you know, discomfort zone, but not in the terror zone, remember, like, then you're doing it and you don't have to like do it for hours. Like, you know, you just lean in and you come back. And you lean in and you just realize that you can tolerate more and more as you go. Because everybody has a shadow. <laughs> yes. Nobody has If shadow. you don't have a shadow, you if you don't think you have a shadow, you have a big shadow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so when you're when we're talking, you're talking about so when we talked about meditating and, and so or analyzing things in your brain. Yeah when you're leaning in and you start thinking about it, like the, if you something comes up, is it okay to think about it and like look at it from like a 360 view or try to like understand it, but not like give so, it in? Yeah, you, I think you know what I'm saying. I do. It all starts with the body. So you can experience it, but it has to be like embodied experience. So like, what does like this feel like sensationally? What is this need right now? And then maybe you're sitting with it and all of a sudden you get this image of something. You know, now if you go off on that image and you run with the image, then you have to come back to the body, you know? But like, you know, maybe the image gives you an insight into something and so you can kind of incorporate that. Does that make sense? Yes, I have one more question um, uh, regarding that. When So they're doing the PTSD trials with uh, MDMA. Yeah. And one of the reasons why they're finding it is so successful is they'll bring up the traumatic um, past. And most of the time right now, the trials are with, I think almost all, all, I think every actually all of them are with soldiers who have experienced uh, death, being blown up, um, things like that. And the re the reason why they're finding it successful is they're rewiring their body with this euphoric feeling and their mind is connecting with the body and it's making the feelings less traumatic and it's replacing them with these euphoric these feelings of euphoria. Yeah. Is that like cheating? Is that like a form like a form of like like spiritual bypassing on like fucking super saiyan i don't know like i don't know if you know it's like a i hear what you're saying yeah. first of all, i'm not i don't know anything about that research okay. that work how it works i mean you know you can think about it but i don't know okay. um i think my in terms of like ethically speaking i'm not really sure i mean if you're going to use mdma to uh and it works to overcome like the atrocity of seeing somebody blown up, then I think that that's appropriate. It's almost like, um, you know, it's like, you know how you get like pre-diabetes and you can like kind of work with it with your diet or something, mm -hmm. if it's depending upon like your genetics, there's a lot of factors, but say you were born with diabetes, <laughs> like you can't, like you have to go with like, what is happening so if there's like uh i don't even i can't really explain this too well but it's like you have to kind of match what you're facing so like the intensity and the trauma of something like that is so inhumane that like you would need something else to get over it right because no amount of anything will ever make that really okay i can't imagine I've never seen it, so I can't speak. But so I think it's just a way to heal. It's like it's like it's like you know using insulin to help you know you regulate your sugars. 
Yeah, I hundred percent think it's good. I, I I think it's good. I was just uh, trying to highlight the key of that mind and body. Uh, if you get a chance to read any of the case studies, it sounds like it's it's definitely not just brain only. It's that full connection of the mind body. Yeah, and I I think. I think in, in essence, what I do know of like, again, it's not a right or wrong thing. It's a cause and effect thing. So you can spiritually bypass all day, but you're not going to get anywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to like be irritated. You're going to push like your, your life is going to reflect that. So like if something's working and it's connecting the mind body, whatever way you do that and it heals it. Well, cool. You figured it out, you know? Yeah, not a spiritual bypass. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's like a healing modality at that point. Cool. Wow. I love this conversation yeah. very much. I know, okay, we've already taken up way too much of your time, but I'm going to ask you just, okay, two yeah. more questions just to sort of round out this conversation. Yeah. So for anybody that's listening that maybe is like, huh, well, what does all this mean and, and am I doing it? Yeah. Um, the first thing, just really quick, I, I wanted to see if you would touch on for somebody that maybe you've said it a couple of times and, you know, we talk about it a lot in yoga, but you've mentioned a lot like, okay, go back to your body, feel it in your body. And maybe there might be somebody out there listening. That's like, well, that might sound a little woo woo. Like, what does that even mean? So I, I know you've, you know, I've been through t- hard times where I've reached out to you and I'm like, fucking help me. What do I do? How do I get through this? And you know, you know, you always direct it back to the body. And so like feeling the emotion, like how do you feel where guilt, like how would you try to, if you say, okay, I'm going to meditate on this shame that I feel, feel it in your body. How can somebody maybe identify if they're feeling it or how do you feel that in your body? That's a really good point. So, um, that's a really good point. Thank you for saying that, asking this. Uh, sometimes it's hard to feel in our body. Okay. So we're not, you know, emotions aren't embraced um, necessarily. So it's going to take you time to feel them out. So follow your intuition. I know that's kind of like whatever, but if you're sitting with yourself and you're feeling something, you know, and you have like this weird sensation, just bring your attention there. Allow it to be, you know? And if you want to start naming it, you're like, oh, actually, this feels like maybe this is sadness, right? But maybe you have like a sensation that you've never had like a name for before, you know? Um, and you can just, you can be with, be with that too, like in a way of like paying attention to it. And you can like have a dialogue with it, which is kind of weird again, but like the way I'm saying it, but it's actually not weird. It actually works. <laughs> so it's, um, like, you know, you let that part of you speak. And the more that you listen, the more you'll understand. You're like, oh, that's what this is. Mm-hmm. Um, you're basically just giving room for yourself. Um, so pay attention to the body. Um, it's just like, you know how when you're in yoga, when you're first starting out and someone's like, lift your hips to the sky. And you're like, what the hell do you want me to do? Yeah. I can't do that. You know, but like maybe two years from there, you're like, oh, I got that. You know, or maybe you're already there, right? You can already, before they cue it, you can already feel that your hips are in the sky. So you like adjust. Yeah. Right? Same thing with your emotions. You have to, you have to just practice being with them. So would it be helpful to name it? Would, would it be helpful to name like, oh, I feel a heaviness in my chest or like yeah. a knot in my stomach? Yes. If you need to go get a list of sensation words printed offline or something. Yeah. That's super helpful. Um, And then pay attention in the day, you know, when you, I mean, we get, I'm sure you'll have a whole plethora of emotions throughout the day if you're paying attention and you can, you know, kind of come back into the body then. So if you're feeling triggered and you get angry, then you pause and say, okay, what does anger feel like physically in my body? Right. What is anger feeling like? Yeah. Like, and it could be, maybe it's like warm or like, you know, tense, tense, yeah. yeah warm tense heated um you know racy or like mm-hmm. you know whatever mm-hmm. oh it's giving oh and then you can even say oh it's giving me self-righteous thinking mm-hmm. <laughs> like i'm right and you're wrong oh i'm noticing that this is associated with these sensations that we call anger yeah. so you know um so that's what i mean by you have more space you're still in it but you're not overly identified with it mm-hmm. 
you don't like blow a casket like yeah you know yeah um, and you know at different points in our lives we're gonna have like moments where we trip up and we get that anger maybe we have like a, a really painful event or like something really happens you know and like we have to come back um we're not trying to perfect this it's just this practice you know and everything is just information uh-huh thank you for explaining that i think that's really helpful i mean that's even helpful for me like a great reminder um and then okay so i guess the last thing that i want to just see if you can give leave us with maybe one two three questions that somebody might ask themselves to at like, is there something you can ask yourself? Yeah. Say, okay, am I spiritual bypassing? What, what kind of questions would you ask yourself to know or to maybe figure out? Yes. And I'm, I'm borrowing this from my training that I did. Um, so it was either Jack Hornfield or Tarbrock who comes up with these questions or maybe they learned it for whatever. This is not original, but uh-huh. um, you can ask the question, what is happening and like that's a good nice cue to be like oh what's happening in my body (laughs) right like can I be with this like can I tolerate this that's again talking to your discomfort versus your panic so that's like a good question a rule of thumb because the idea is like spiritual bypassing wants us to get out of the moment of whatever we're experiencing so these questions, like, how do I know I'm spiritual bypassing? Well, maybe I can just ask myself, what's happening? You know, checking in. Am I, what am I unwilling to feel? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's like a moment-to-moment question that you can be asking yourself. And if you have any doubt that you're doing it, you know, those questions still apply. Because that will, that will direct you back to your cushion, mat, wherever. And that's where you can pay attention. And then you can know, oh, no, actually, I'm familiar with these sensations. I'm familiar with what I'm experiencing here. I haven't been over-intellectualizing. Oh, I know what this sensation is. It's always here and, like, whatever. Um, and you're like, oh, no, I'm still here. You know, does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. It's coming back to the body. The body's always here. Yeah. It's the easiest way to get grounded, to be in the, in the now. Uh, it's like the only way. I mean, <laughs> yes, yes, essentially, yes. I mean, and even the Buddha taught that you can awaken just by meditating on the body. Yeah. Yeah. I also feel like it's important to know, well, at least maybe just for me, um, you know, mm-hmm. when I hear the word spirituality, I just immediately think Eastern religion, but spiritual bypassing goes for all spiritual modalities, right? Like every, you can it just not one one thing. Yeah. Yes. Everything. Okay. Um, we see this like all the time, you know? Um, yes. It's anytime that you're used, anytime you're basically avoiding your experience in the name of whatever it is that you want to name off. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like sometimes it's like, Oh, like after you have a death, people are like, Oh, they're going to go to heaven or like whatever it is that people say. To make yourself feel better. Yeah, and maybe they say it, right? But you're not with the grief. The grief is a different beast because the not beast. It's it's a gift actually, but it's it's part of being a human. (laughs) So like we can live in our heads up in the heaven all we want, but like we're still human here on the earth. Mm -hmm. Is that does that answer the question? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, I think that it's just something that we kind of, no matter where you are on your spiritual journey, you can always come back to asking yourself those questions in any circumstance that you might feel like, am I bypassing? Let me just, let me just run down this list. and And if you are bypassing, you know, that second question of like, what's happening? Can I be with this? Sometimes the answer to that question is no, I cannot be with this. This is why I've been bypassing. It's why I'm doing all this other stuff. And that comes back to that talk about the trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, there's something there that you can't go there yet. That's okay. That's not your fault. You're not supposed to force yourself to go there. You don't need to go there. <laughs> you just need to know that it's there and start like building up your resources to have you feel safe enough so that you can go there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that takes a lot of courage. That is not an easy task. Okay. 
So patience. Grief is the ultimate teacher and the ultimate connector of humans because we all experience it. And I feel like if we taught, like if I had learned at a younger age how to deal with grief and that the shame around grief that you feel is normal and this is how you lean into it, I feel like this planet would be so much further along. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes the shame around grief is us trying to control the grief mm-hmm. or control the sense of loss. You know, like if, if I did it this way, if I was only better, if I was different, I wouldn't have to feel this loss. But, it, you know, the Buddha teaches all the time, I'm, you're going to, we are going to experience loss. We have loss in every moment, really, if we're paying attention. Yeah. Um, but yeah, grief also grounds us, you know, um, and it's good. But there's also gratitude and there's also like things that you can look yeah. at. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much just for your time. This was a really, really important conversation that I think we've, well, we've been trying to have it for a while. So I'm glad that we finally got our schedules yes. aligned. And um, if anybody listening wants to find you on the internet, are you, do you want yeah. to give me like, where can they find you? Uh, email send an owl to <laughs> Harry Potter, yeah. Gryffindor. I wish, I wish. Um, yeah, I mean, you can just on Instagram. I I should probably no. I like my handle. I'm not like super into social media or anything, but you can follow me at Generous Dedication. I guess um, if you post this anywhere, you're definitely allowed to tag me in it. Awesome. Um, also, I think my Facebook name is like under a different name, just so that people can't find me necessarily that I work. We don't really do Facebook. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but <laughs> maybe if they had any questions about spiritual bypassing or anything like that. Um, yeah. So, um, or they could just send it to us and we can send it to you. Yeah. Yeah. We can also do like, maybe like a question answer kind of, if there's a lot of them coming through and you want to do like a live question answer kind of situation. Yeah, that'll be fun. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. And if you're one of the people that learns through reading and not listening, uh, Jess does have an article on Dope Yogi about spiritual bypassing yeah. that is really good. So. I think if you just Google Dope Yogi blog spiritual bypassing, it'll probably pop up. Um, uh, or you can go to our blog page. And I'll also just link it in the description. Yeah, we will link it in the description. And she also has a blog on Dope Yogi that is like, um, I don't know, remember what it's called, but it's like basically mind. I think it's actually mindfulness 101. Yeah. It's like the basics of what is mindfulness? You know, what does it mean? How can I start to maybe begin a mindfulness practice? Yeah. That was from a while ago. Yeah. Like two years ago or something. So yeah. we'll yeah. put those all in the description. Um, that sounds good. thank you so much just for your time. Thank you. This is thank so you. wonderful. We really appreciate you being here with us on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was fun. All right.